Um, anybody got news or anything? We're starting. That's our intro. Welcome to the Measure Movie Podcast, everyone. <laughs> oh. That's our uh, intro. Look behind the scenes. There you go. I, I guess uh, news-wise, I don't think I got anything. Nothing really happened this week. Well, you get thirty minutes. Go. I, I got. I got one. Um, Sony pushed back its Spider-Man stuff, so now Marvel's oh, yeah. getting affected. Has yeah. turned its stuff. Well, didn't Spider-Man three get like an official date of like twenty twenty-two or something like that? I think that's pushed back now. I think that's the whole point. I don't know. Uh. Sony pushed it. Sony is the one that pushed it back, not Marvel. So oh, that's not surprising. Stuff, um, I guess, would be. I guess there's a couple big things that are that that are happening. Um, I, I guess this is more on on the the interesting side of things. Uh, Netflix signed an exclusive deal recently to get the entire Pokemon franchise, so all the movies and all the TV, all the series and all. That are exclusive to Netflix now, which is kind what? of they stole that from Disney because Disney used to own the rights to the American distribution of it. Well, good for them because that is the most profitable thing in the world. Yeah, media-wise, it is the most profitable media franchise in the world, and Netflix scored it. They they kind of lucked out on that one. Um, I guess the other big thing, uh, some Avatar: Last Airbender news came out. I guess this week. Uh, the creators of the original show were talking about uh, the new Netflix thing where they bring the whole series over, which is a big deal because Nickelodeon has been very on point the last about five, ten years about being very anti-streaming um, service because they believed that the Blu-rays and the DVDs would sell on all their products. Well, I don't think that's odd then. It just sounds like they finally came to their um, senses. Really? Not much. They like money. It sounds yeah. like they like money. Um. The, yeah, but the, but the creators were talking about a couple things. Uh, the first thing they were talking about is that the the live action Netflix series has been pushed back indefinitely. Uh, one because of the virus, and two because they were further behind even before the virus than they expected, and the virus just kind of locked it out indefinitely. Well, it stinks that it's indefinitely. I hope they get yeah, around. Right. Point. It's a good product. deserves to live. Uh, deserves the opportunity to survive in a world where CGI looks better these days. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that they were talking about possibly as a makeup for that to do a new animated series. Um, they haven't really decided if it's going to be a prequel to Last Airbender or if it's going to be a sequel to Legend of Korra. Um, they've they've said depending on what the story is, it's all going to come down to the writing. At the end of the day, they've they've admitted that. It's going to be based on whatever story they think will be the most interesting and the most fun for them to do if they're going to sit and spend four years doing this, at least. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it could be interesting either way. The beauty is we know a lot about what the prequel would be if they chose to do the prequel. Uh, uh, because they said what they want to do is they want to do the full cycle the full Avatar cycle as shows at some point in time. Alex, whenever you watch it, basically, there's this concept called the Avatar cycle, which is uh, air, fire, or it's air, water, earth, fire, and it goes in that order at all times. Uh, that's if you're asking order. if I remember the movie, I do. It doesn't matter if you, you remember the movie. That's <laughs> just, no, I'm saying I understand what the cycle is. Yeah, I, I've yeah. heard of the cycle. So the Avatar cycle, so they've done... They've done uh, fire air already because we got uh, the fire avatar in the same series as Last Airbender. 
Uh, Last Airbender is as much Roku's story as it is Avatar Aang's story. And um, we got Korra, which is our water airbender, which means the next one is an earthbender. So either we get the person after Korra or we get Avatar Kyoshi, who was before uh, before uh, Roku, I believe. Who, which takes place, I believe, 300, 300 400 years before the start of the first series. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, it's kind of interesting. Either we kind of get more of a, you know, mystical Japan or, or China, I guess, type thing, or we get this close to super high tech type thing that could be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of hoping they do that. There, there's a lot of fun that we've we've gotten to play with with that thing and they were talking about that uh past that i don't really like what else news wise has really happened nothing really not really the virus is doing its thing so <laughs> yeah we're all just sitting at home have you guys watched anything interesting uh i watched Kingdom of the crystal skull i've been on this recent binging of rewatching. Oh, i wonder why well yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I recently was starting to rewatch a lot of the Harry Potter movies, the, not the Fantastic Beasts, just the Harry Potter movies. Um, specifically, the first four. I've been very wanting to rewatch those four, and I ended up watching Philosopher's Stone, and it felt really weird because it felt a little bit like watching a home video, a little bit, because it kind of is for the, those actors, you know when. Like, Daniel Radcliffe's gone on record and said, I hate watching Philosopher's Stone because it's like watching an old home video of me, my family, and my friends. <laughs> yeah, a lot of actors and directors will say that. Yeah, well, as, even more so with that, because those those actors, or at least two of them, even, not even really two of them, like, Tom Felton does shit. Like, I, I guess I shouldn't even say it. Like, many of those actors are active in Hollywood right now, and... It's weird going back and for most of them, that was their first movie. That was Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson's first major movie. And it's weird a little bit to look at it, to watch it and be like, holy shit, these are like some of the biggest names in Hollywood right now, at least on the British side of things. It certainly makes me um, really uh, appreciate good casting and good casting directors. at the same time, though, I grew up with those movies, so for me, it's yeah. just like that takes me back to uh, when I watched yeah. those first. Well, it does that too, but like at the same time, like I'm a bigger fan of like what Daniel Radcliffe's been doing as of late. Like I love Miracle Workers; I think it's like one of the coolest weird shows on the market. I love, I love Swiss Army Man. I love like always, like Horns was weird but cool. Like I've come to learn that Daniel Radcliffe's kind of gone the way of. Robert Pattinson, he's doing all the, like, really weird but really cool things, and he doesn't, you know, post his, you know, you know, his uh, young adult movie series thing. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's just it's, weird to go back and see, like, a, 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 a young time for him, you know? Yeah, like any child actor, it's, it's, it's even more interesting when they've spent so much time doing something. And even he said, like, in the last couple movies, he was just too drunk to remember them. He just <laughs> Hardcore. Um, so it really does kind of explain where his mindset is nowadays. But actually, my friend said he saw Guns Akimbo and he said he really liked it. I heard that movie was really weird and I heard it got bad reviews. So I haven't touched it yet, but the idea is interesting. 
they said it reminded him of Crank a lot, which made me feel like, oh, well, then it's not perfect, but it's fun. Oh, I'm sure it probably is. I'll get to it eventually. Like, I didn't see Swiss Army Man right out of the gate. I, like, waited a couple years and then saw it. So, like, and that's kind of how I've learned to watch a lot of Daniel Radcliffe's, like, newer stuff is, like, let it wait a few years and then, like, go see it and let it depreciate a little bit. And then just, like, watch it when it's, like, on TV or, like, on a streaming service or something and just, like, enjoy the crap out of it. I am a little bit, I, I get a little bit more excited about this stuff. Um, yeah. Something like Now You See Me Too, where he's just, like, this weird Oh, guy, sure. Oh, weird sure. So, like, um, I do think when he just plays, he's great. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Um, I, do, I do think um, that the movies certainly are not necessarily the kind of thing you would pay directly for a theater. They usually seem like good rentals, but that's what, yeah, yeah. that's what Elijah Wood is doing these days. Like Elijah Wood, once he got, once he got Lord of the Rings money, he decided to just throw everything into the weird shit he loves. And if you well, look at all the Sean, stuff, isn't that, Elijah what, um, Wood, isn't that what Sean Astin did though? Like Sean Astin had way more money before Elijah Wood at no, Lord I of the Rings. I understand he already, he had way more money, but like after that, when he, you know, he now has two, he had two major, things on his belt from his money. He just kind of does whatever he wants. He goes where he wants, does what he wants. Well, chills. I think also, I think Sean Astin really appreciated the bump that came with that, because he was doing, like, Adam Sandler movies and some other oh. stuff. But, and he was in, but, like, now he's in, like, Stranger Things for a bit. Like, he, he still does cameo, though. He He's at the point right now where, yes, he can do whatever he wants, but he cares very much about the fans. Yes. But uh, uh, he didn't have Elijah Wood. He, Elijah Wood did not have his status yeah. Before Lord of the Rings, uh, which is why I think it was so funny that Aston picked it up in the first place because yeah. he really didn't have to. But um, it was but a good to. choice for him in the long run. Yeah, it was a great choice for him in the long run. Um, actually, you know, talking about Dan Radcliffe, Elijah Wood, I did go back and rewatch something. Actually, I watched three things. Actually, um, that's fine. So. Alex, I, I think I've talked to you a little bit about this. I don't think I've ever told Chris about this, about my secret love for Star Kids production, which is the I theater not... It's the theater group that gave us Darren Chris. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Darren Chris was in um, uh, The Assassination of Giovanni Viscacci. Oh, yeah. Watch that. Yeah. He was the guy who played um, the evil dude in the apocalypse, though, right? Uh, no, that wasn't Darren Chris. That was uh, that was the guy who looked like Darren Chris, but wasn't Darren Chris. Uh, Darren Chris in a po- was in Apocalypse. I I gotta remember what exactly he's what it is. The, he's not the long haired dude. No, he's not the long haired dude. He was in Hotel. I think he was also in season six. No, he's in Hotel. Um, he's most known for playing Andrew Cunian. He was the guy who killed Giovanni Viscacci in yeah, Giovanni main, Viscacci. Yeah. yeah, he's the yeah. main guy. He was best known for playing a homosexual character on Glee, but he got his start with his uh, uh, with his um, Michigan, uh, Michigan State theater group who made a very famous spoof musical called A Very Potter Musical where he played a douchey guitar-playing Harry Potter. And I did really go back and watch all three of those, and I realized all those actors are great. And I really... And a lot of these actors, like, actually go out and do stuff. Like, one of the actors is, like, Lauren Lopez. If you know who that is. No. 
Lauren Lopez went off to do um, a lot of... Oh, God, what did Lauren... Uh, Lauren Lopez did... She went off to go do... Um... Please say nothing. What? Please say nothing. Like, you're looking it up, and it turns out... You no, just... no, 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 no. She's done stuff. She did, like... Um, she was in, like... She was in some Edgar Allan Poe stuff, but uh That guy's long dead. No, 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 I know. Um she did go off and do like a bunch of geek and sundry stuff, and then she was on uh Sona for a little bit. Do you not know what these things are? Well, Geek and Sundry is an internet internet video thing. Ah, cool. Um but she um but the the like I realized how much I loved Josh Walker, who uh, doesn't do anything, but uh, Josh Walker is someone I really, really, really wished went off and did stuff in Hollywood because he's really funny, and he um he just nailed it. But no, but uh, the biggest thing that that uh, Star Kids gave us was Darren Chris. Uh, that's what Darren Chris uh, started on. That's how he got famous. Uh, that's how, uh, that's where, um, what's his name? Found him. Uh, Ryan Murphy, you mean? Yeah, that's where Ryan Murphy found him. He saw, um, a very Potter musical. He didn't see it live, but he saw it on the internet because it blew up on the internet. And he casted Darren Chris in Glee, loved him so much they brought him over to American Horror Story, continued to like him on American Horror Story, and then gave him Andrew Coonan, which was awesome so you're saying you, you've been watching some star kids stuff i've been watching a lot of star kids stuff so star kids was like the three the three uh harry potter musicals batman the musical and then uh what was the other one i saw uh star kids did um what was it i saw one other one um oh starship which is their like uh which is a spoof on Starship Troopers. Oh, wow. Which was uh, with all the music and lyrics done by Darren Chris, And uh, he, I don't believe, acted in it. No, he didn't. Um, but yeah, these are guys who just like for five, for like six years straight went at their, uh, at the University of Michigan art, uh, theater department, just went off and put these shows on for their local colleges and then recorded them and put them up on YouTube and they blew up from there. Hmm. Um, so, and I mostly know it because I like, I like when I first saw Darren Chris and I thought he was a great actor and I knew that he was going to go off and do great things. I started looking into his back portfolio, found very Potter musical. It was like, I love it. I love how douchey he is in this. I love that. He just <laughs> is great about it <laughs> yeah it sounds like they uh, they took the structure of jesus christ superstar which is really annoying and yeah. uh, applied it to harry potter who is pretty much a jesus christ character which i like yeah. and, and and i'm not saying that just because jesus christ superstar is christian i think its structure is bad i'm a godspell man oh i can i don't blame you uh it's just very very funny and darren chris is very humorous in it and he has a good humor about it and he does all the music live on his guitar and 
it was a lot of fun and they definitely make fun of people and it's really really funny and it's really cringy because if you watch like college musicals there's some weird cringy shit that happens sometimes oh no i've seen it yeah yeah there's just some really fun cringy shit that you watch on that and you're just like wow (laughs) actually i wasn't in a college musical i was in a college play it's all the same truthfully not really. I think I have been in a high school musical. I think musicals require entirely different skills. Sure. Oh, really? How's, uh, how's Zac Efron? <laughs> Zac Efron? I think he's great. He's why? You don't get the... Okay, you didn't get the joke. Never mind. No, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I have always been more of a Vanessa Hodges fan. Wow. I, I'm, I exa- I'm, a, I, I'm not a ahead. fan any of it i just think of potter musicals super funny well, I, I, I do have to say one of the funniest things that ever happened to me first of all i think vanessa hodges is big. uh but one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was i was with uh, a girlfriend and my sister and it was the night obama was about to win like it was the night of the results but we all knew he was gonna win and um my sister's like i want to go out i don't want to watch the news i want to see something and then we all were trying to decide what to watch but um, because it was close to my sister's birthday, it was pretty much an adding for her. So they're like, hey, Jenny, what do you want to watch? He goes, High School Musical 3. So while Obama was winning, we were in a theater watching High School Musical 3. <laughs> that's hilarious. Which I don't <laughs> add. That's, that's, that's kind of hilarious, actually. Not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's a better version of the other two. So like, why yes. would you ever watch the other two? But it's also a story, so you kind of have to like know where these characters have been. But like, yeah, I was like, we could be watching something so much better, or we could be watching the first black president win. Um, but okay, we're here, all right. And my my girlfriend at the time hated it. She was like, "Why are we here?" She was like, "She thought it was the worst thing ever." Uh, yeah, but I've I've gone on to feel like Zac Efron, although very funny, and um can play other roles i feel like he's starting to hit this niche of anger either really angry or really funny and those are his ranges he hasn't really spread them too much and i'm waiting to see him do more whereas vanessa hodgins i feel like the 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 solid thing that i ever need to know about vanessa hodges is she went on live tv and she did the musical grease when the moment like i think the day or the day before her father died and she was like, I don't even know if I could do this on live TV, but she did it anyway. And she murdered it. Like she just, she was the best. And she's gone on to do like a bunch of Broadway musical sense. And just like, she had a sex tape too. So she's like way past that point now. She's just like way beyond Disney. And like, I totally respect her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I did watch, I did go back in and watch like the Star Kids backlog because it's there's some humor in it and there's some really funny like random like insight obviously there's a bunch of inside jokes in it that you just don't get sometimes but then you you see joe walker go out in complete cross dress who's this like very buff dude who goes off and plays umbridge and it just doesn't even try to hide anything and it's just so funny and you're just like i love this i love everything about this <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'll have to have it's, to check them out. It's all um, on YouTube. You can go and watch it. Is there is there anything else you got? Uh past that, just like kind of keeping up with the same stuff I always do. That's about it, though. Or Battlestar. 
No, I didn't catch up on that, unfortunately. Okay. No worries. What about you, Chris? Chris? Uh... Chris, you're still there. Chris, you're still there. Can't have the guy recording us dying. <laughs> no. Can't do it, Chris. Yeah, Columbus is pretty good. Anything? Anything at all? I thought Clone Wars was pretty good. Oh, uh, Clone Wars. Okay. I mean, I know you guys are going to get to that, but is there anything There's only else? ten minutes left. We don't have to time news when we know there's a short amount of news. We're not even talking about news. We're talking about stuff we've watched before we yeah. get to the Star Wars thing. That counts. Okay, but is there anything else? I posted on Facebook that I uh, watched God's Not Dead for research purposes. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Okay, I completely forgot about that. Let's I forgot about talk that. about that. Not that yes. no, let's right? not. How about we not? He's, let's not. Let's not. Seriously, it, let's not. If he's saving it for... Are you literally watching this for something you're doing? Yes. Okay, well then save it, of course. I just completely forgot that you had done that. I want to know your opinions on that, Chris, at some point. You will. You will. Point. Yeah, it's going to make a whole thing about it. And you will fight uh, me. I'm sure you will. No, I oh, don't think... I, I absolutely agree that that I mean, I'm going to be so blunt about it because I already kind of said my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends who is... Christian has agreed with you, so it's fine. Wait, 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 wait. Chris, are you liking this movie? Is that the twist here? Are you starting to like That's Not Dead? I'm starting to I'm starting to get it. That's why. That's what it is. I'm starting to understand. Well, understanding is different than warming up to the idea. I'm not I don't think I'm warming up to it, but I'm I, okay. I I'm understanding it and getting less pissed. Okay. Uh, I'd be the other way around, but interesting. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's I'm talk, finding the middle ground. Uh, let's talk about the Phantom Apprentice, shall we? Eight minutes. You got you guys go ahead and do that. You get you get go get me my donut and ice cream like I asked for. I'm out in the tree. Why man. have I waited this long? Why have I waited this long? You are my donuts and ice cream. <laughs> well I wasn't uh, saying it to break you two up. I meant it. I don't I actually it. I don't have I don't have either of those things and I'm in a tree. Right now, watching you. I am. Well, I don't no. want those donuts. Those are those have spleef in it. I don't know what spleef is, but I'm pretty sure they're in there. Sorry, weed. What did I say, spleef? Oh. Spleef. I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. No, it's spliffs. Okay. So oh, yeah, some of that in there. So so Chris. No. How did you like the Phantom Apprentice? So, they brought back the Emperor and butchered it. They brought back Darth Maul and freaking nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely think Sam Witwer should play Darth Maul. <gasps> Because he, he nails it every time he does it. This is Sam Witwer at a master, doing a master class on acting. <laughs> to think. Voice acting. Voice acting. Alex, to give you a quick uh, thing, you, you know how oh we were talking gosh. about a, a couple weeks ago about how I want Star Wars to do The Force Awakens as a movie storyline at some point? Yes. 
the actor who plays that character in the video game plays Darth Maul in, in Clone Wars. You've also already explained this. We've also already gone to the point where the guy also, was also in also you mean Also, you mean Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I said Force Unleashed, my bad. No, we, we've had this whole conversation before yeah. that you think he should that play the live action version. He, he still, I think he can still do it. It's all about physicality at this point, I think. And I, I think he can do it physically. But acting-wise, I mean, this Ooh. these episodes continue to prove over and over and over again. He's got, he's got the, the acting talent to do it. He's got the look. He also has the look, which helps. You got the touch. Oh, yeah, we, we talked about him, and and you think he could nail it, yeah. I mean, he is shredded. <laughs> I don't know if he's still shredded, though. I mean, he looks all right, though. He was Agent Liberty on Supergirl. Yeah, so but that was, that was five years ago. That was not five years ago. That couldn't have been five years ago. That was literally last year. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, I guess he... Oh, I'm looking at the image. Yeah, I think he could do it. He's shredded. He is. Holy shit, this dude can do it. Okay, that is totally something I'm going to tell people you said for the rest of my life. And glad uh, I am fine with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, five minutes. Uh, so, no, okay, but wait, what, what happened? What do you guys like about it? So, I guess... Dude, I'm telling you, it's gro- okay. To think, to think that my... Okay, buckle down. I'm about to self-depreciate. To That's think... Okay. To think that I was dumb enough to look forward to Rise of Skywalker more than this. Yeah. You didn't... I'm an idiot! You didn't know. None of us knew how bad that movie was going to be. I mean, I kind of had an idea that it was going to be. No, listen to our predictions episode, and I was the one who was the most leery of it, but you were excited just like everyone was supposed to. We didn't know it was going to be such an aggressive turn uh, against the things that we liked and also was bad. We didn't know it was going to be both of those things. I would have liked the movie more if it was a good movie that that had things I didn't like. I'd appreciate it more, like this movie tonight. But that movie didn't have that. It was a poorly made movie, as well as being something that was detrimentally opposed to the ideas of the last one, which we happen to be fans of. This yeah. is different. Like this is a perpetual building motion of good stuff. Like it was a normal TV show. It took a while before it found its footing. When it did, it got great. And now it's at the end. Like, yeah, th- but you what's know kind of weird. So, so, so Chris, agree with me or disagree with me on this? I, I kind of hope you agree with me. These last two episodes that like, like this episode and the episode before, and I'm hoping the two episodes after this are going to feel to the Clone Wars series, what Endgame felt like to the MCU. Just because the MCU is still going and this show will probably still be going. But it was, a, but it was, a, it was an era. It was the ending of an era. Yeah, it, it was the ending of an era and it ended it in a, Near perfect way. Like we still haven't moved on to the next era. No, we well, kind of, but y- y- yes, nope, you're haven't. right. Right, kind of, yeah. but not really. No, Spider-Man was considered the epilogue and the end of the phase. Like we haven't gotten the next phase thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um. So yeah, we we have not even gotten to the next grouping of stuff, and this is just the ending of functionally what some would call the lucasfilm era of star wars this is the last thing that was functionally in production while lucasfilm still solely owned star wars this is the last bit of story left from pre-disney and it's kind of going out with a with a bang which is kind of great because 
the acting's great, the characters are great, the animation looks great. I think even in the weaker parts of the season, there is, a, like Chris said, I think um, the episodes before this arc were kind of iffy, but like they, they serve their purpose, which is good. Um, I like Bad Batch. I like Bad Batch. Well, Bad Batch is great. I'm, I'm talking more about the middle stuff, the Coruscant stuff. The Trace stuff. Yeah, I, I got it. I... Yeah, Bad Batch was great. I like Bad Batch. It, I, my only complaint about Bad Two Batch... Two minutes. Oh, Chris. My only complaint about the Bad Batch stuff was that every time I was watching Bad Batch, I'm like, just get me to Siege of Mandalore. I don't... I just want to see this ending. And we're there, and I'm happy we're there, but... And I liked all everything I saw of Bad Batch. I just felt like Bad Batch would have been funner in season six when we're not kind of building to this last big moment if you know what i mean chris yeah i know um so and and that is kind of what's weird because bad batch was originally meant for to be half a season six anyways and there was going to be some other stuff that was going to go on but um yeah i like where the show's gone it's i'm really excited for the last two episodes I, I don't even want to think about what's going to happen because we get some really big revelations here that since we know what happens in Revenge of the Sith, we know some of what happens in this. Like, uh, the part where Obi-Wan's like, you need to talk to Anakin. He killed Dooku. This isn't good. And she's like... She doesn't even necessarily give an answer. And we obviously know in Revenge of the Sith... Anakin never talks to her because she's even said that she she hasn't seen Anakin since before Mandalore. And she says that in Rebels and we know that. So we know that conversation never happens because we have multiple sources from it stating that. So we know that she never truly knows what happens to Anakin Skywalker during Revenge of the Sith, which kind of makes that fall even more depressing because there was an out. Kinda. Hmm. It sounds like And Chris... that's the timer. Oh, wow. Chris, you didn't say, you did hardly said a thing about the yeah. episode. I, Chris, yeah. I want to hear more about this, dude. I'm, intri I'm intrigued by your silence. Okay. What does it mean? No, oh, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just writing. Okay, so. Show's great. It's gonna be great. Whatever. Um, that's all I got. I, I, he, I am. A, I am blank. He's in the fever dream right now. No, it's not a fever dream. Trust me, it's not a fever dream. I am just. I know like, it's nice when you're in the middle of a cycle of a show and yeah. it's about to end and you're watching it live and you know you've got two weeks left and yeah, yeah. Less I've than two weeks. Felt that before. They're what they're doing the last two episodes in the same night. No, oh, they are doing the next episode next Friday and then the finale is going to be on May fourth. Oh, Which is a Monday. That's Here. actually kind of interesting, actually. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just... I've been very happy with this. Every episode, we're getting a little bit more context into why Revenge of the Sith was the way it was, and kind of why some other stuff was the way it was, and I'm really excited ah. to see what happens. And, mm -hmm. and, Chris, I'm sure you could agree with me on this. Like, this these last four episodes kind of redeem that whole movie a little bit in a weird way. 
Which one? Which one? Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. That movie didn't need that much redeeming. That was the other two that did it. It had its... Out of the three that needed it the most, this one needed it the least. Oh, no, I agree. I completely agree. Um, We didn't... I still think that, like, these last few episodes only enhance what we were getting in Revenge of the Sith. My opinion of the my my opinion of Revenge of the Sith has not changed. And what is the, a tablet? And the big thing, Chris, that I think is like really cool, is that the first seeds of the rebellion were kind of started by Maul with his want to kill Skywalker to kind of foil Sidious. I think that's kind of really cool. That's not the insinuation I got from that um, statement. Well, he he. I mean, that's not the insinuation, but like, it's like he was like. I'm going to kill Skywalker because it fucks everything up and it helps my plan. That's that's what it's there. But, like, the idea is that Maul is trying to lead a coalition of people to be counter to the Empire. And they're not necessarily for the Republic either. You know? I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very interesting. Kind of Mandalore would not have gotten involved anyway if that panned out. Oh, I, I agree. I completely agree. I think that, like, had Maul's plan been successful, obviously we wouldn't have gotten Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> for starters. Um, but It would have ended there. Maul wouldn't yeah. have gone any further. Yes. Um... <sighs> but... But what makes it so interesting, too, is when we see that episode in Rebels where Maul finally finds Kenobi after all that time, it's just like, oh my god, he was so close so many times, and now he gets it. It's, yeah. it's dude. Oh god, these episodes. Now we know who Maul was talking about when he died in Rebels. Spoiler alert. Let's yeah. Anybody else is going to watch it. Um, we, we have Hey, fun. hey. Hey. I think Alex will watch it when is the times are right for Alex. But hey, man, you know, I, I'm busy watching the material based off the stuff that we're talking about week by week, guys. Yes, I'll get the Clone Wars, of course. But I like, I, I kind of feel the way you do about about um, uh, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, because no, no matter how much I feel about it, it is the end. And it's going to be the end for a while. So again, I have plenty of time to go back to the entire catalog of Star Wars and watch it from beginning to end the way I want to watch it, shows included. So that that seems like something I'm going to get to eventually, for sure. And like knowing knowing that Clone Wars is over and also that the ending is spectacular gives me all the more reason to want to watch it. Yeah. The, you know what's really well, weird? You, you won't even watch the adaptation to the Raiders, man. It's great. Truthfully, the, the weird thing about Clone Wars is like, it's not only is the ending seemingly fantastic. We 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 still have to see the last two episodes, see what happens. But like the show just is great through and through. Like after the slow burn of the start, like once the slow burn of the starts through, like it's fun. It's it's kind of it's just really fun. It kind of it kind of from what you described, Young Indiana Jones, like it kind of seems like that a little bit. It sounds it sounds a lot like Parks and Rec, where Parks and Rec is okay for uh, two seasons, and then at the third season, it is perfect to the end. Like they found their footing season three. 
Yeah, that's that's what Clone Wars has always kind of been about. Is once you kind of like once Ahsoka stops being that annoying character and she starts growing and she starts like being this almost leader, you start seeing the beauty of the of the actors and the animation and the story and you just kind of never want it to end and then now and now it's ending which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. um and it it really makes the ending of season five because this 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 season uh immediately follows season five season six is kind of weird it's kind of just kind of mixed story bag that relevant it's relevant what? though what it's relevant now, don't get me wrong it's relevant but it's kind of all over the place in terms of when it takes place. Mm. Um, but uh, if you want to go in chronological, I would watch Alex like season six before season five. No, I'm not going to no, chronological the show. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to chronological the show. I'll watch it production wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Production. Just, just, work. just expect that there's going to be this weird jump between season five and season seven. That just. The only explanation for it is that the show got canceled and then Netflix revived. There is no okay. Technologically, there's a jump. Time wise, it's not that big. It's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. As no, long as no. like go into the history of the behind the scenes of the show and there's an explanation to the to something that may be jarring the on screen. Is, is the show got can, the explanation is the show got canceled. Netflix picked it up about three years later, made a season, and then canceled it, and then Disney Plus got it. That that's the answer. Uh, yeah, as long as there's a reason for it, then I'm a little bit more forgiving to something like um, yeah. Battlestar got because of the writer's strike. There's yeah. a lot of other shows like that. Futurama they, went through like four different ship chains before they finally yeah, they got. Yeah, they had a season that was all movies. <laughs> yeah, they've got a long history of stuff like that. So it's like yeah. if I see something and I think it's jarring and I go back and I see what it is and it makes sense, then yeah, great. It's um, just, the show got canceled, some shit happened, they tried to revive it, it kind of worked, and then they brought it, like, formally back. That, that's it just seemed too cut up and jumbled for me to try and do it chronologically to start yeah. with, and that's usually not how I do something when I first start it. I usually have to have seen it at least once for me to, dig, to go chronologically, because there's, yeah. like, the whole point of Star Wars is not knowing Luke Skywalker's father is until that certain point in empire yeah. so you have to watch it the right way to do it and i i probably wouldn't listen to somebody if someone told me to do it the machete way so i i probably when i watch the show i'm gonna watch it normally and then go back when i feel right and maybe i'll cut a couple episodes and not watch those when i watch it but still do a chronological i don't know the first time out i usually do it by their hands yeah uh i think that's probably fine they're the show's reasonable enough, like in the early seasons where it doesn't matter. It's it's kind of when you get to the back end of the season, it's still a little jumbled that like things are a little bit messy and you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, okay. I see what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'll get to it someday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of fun. This, the show's really fun. There's a lot going on. Uh, literally, like so much of the show gets so good so fast after you reach that 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 key moment it's usually back end of season two beginning of season three is kind of really where it kicks off um and once you're there i mean you're you're in for a ride because it's everything feels correct (laughs) basically Hmm. interesting people kind of the joke is is once ahsoka loses the tube top that's when the show gets good (laughs) 
Oh, well. Okay. All right. All right. All right. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it does. It's not a sexual it, thing. It's, it's when they actually. No, it's when I they know, actually like the you pop that out of nowhere and like. Um, no, well, that's when they change the character design and and the the storylines. Literally, she when loses that. the tube top. Jesus. Yeah, hey man, it works. Some people say that Felicity died for J.J. Abrams the moment she cut her hair, for sure. Yeah. Some say when Indy got in the prison. I really so don't. I have been, I have been watching uh, before I get into the indie show, which will lead us into the movie. Uh, I watched something. I, I'm a big fan of the guy who voices Sonic, Ben Schwartz, in the movie. Ben Schwartz. He is my favorite improviser. Um, I listen to him on a lot of stuff, like Comedy Bang Bang, for example. Have you seen um, Sonic yet? By the way, I'm sorry. Have you seen Sonic? No, because you can't you can't rent it yet. It's only buy. Okay. So. Um, and but that he put out um, three specials on Netflix with his improvising partner Thomas Middleditch, the lead from Silicon Valley. They're on Netflix called Middleditch and Swartz. It is phenomenal, phenomenal, hilarious stuff. I recommend everyone watch it. It's super good stuff, and I hope they make more. Isn't he going to be in Space Force too? Uh, yes, he helped write. He helps create it, actually. Um, but that's just not out yet. Um, are you? Do you have speakers out again? Me? Yeah, I was hearing the echo. Yeah, yeah I'm just not using my headphones. Sorry. Okay, I think that's what's causing the echo. To be honest. Just saying. Sorry. <laughs> um, and as for the Indiana Jones show, yeah, it just gets exceptionally better and better and better. Uh, I am a huge fan of it. Highly recommend you guys watch it. Um, I also watched the section um, before, the, the section at the end of the series that is set in 1950 for Indiana Jones that is played by Harrison Ford in the show. And it is also written by the woman who wrote the brown face episode. <laughs> so I was like, oh. So it's Indy in 1950. He is driving down the road with a Native American. They have some fat and somebody's after them, but we don't know who it is. Probably the Rusty. And they're driving in Wyoming. They're shooting around. Indy loses them, but in the process of losing them, his car gets jammed and they end up walking around in the middle of a blizzard and find a cabin, an empty cabin. And they chill out there for a little bit to get out of the storm, hoping their tracks will get covered. And the guy that Indy is with is like, this artifact is so important to my people. And then Indy finds the saxophone. He's like, this is an artifact from my life. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, he's just not caring about what this guy is saying at all. He's just like, I used to play saxophone. And he plays it a little bit. And then they cut to the story, um, which is apparently young Indiana Jones meeting Jeffrey Wright. And they do some blues stuff. And I really can't wait to watch it because she wrote the whole thing. Um, but then at the end of the episode, it goes back to future Indy. And it's Harrison Ford again. And he's got the saxophone. And the guys who were chasing them break into it in the middle of the story. And it's this guy overacting, and they take the piece, and Indy's like, no, 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 guys, you go ahead and take it, whatever. And the native guy's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And Indy's like, it's all right. And he takes up the saxophone, and he plays a, like a brown note, basically, like a wrong note, and it causes an avalanche of all the snow to fall off the roof and just cover all of the bad guys. And he just takes the thing, and he's like, ha-ha. And they run away. I was like, that's, that's so dumb. It's so dumb. 
I don't care if it was in the episode and they implied that that note can cause you know, glass to break or stuff. I don't care. It can't make snow fall off a roof. It's just impossible. Uh, so that happened. Uh, again, I don't think nuking the fridge is a thing. But like, also in the movie Crystal Skull, he talks about how he rode with Pancho Villa with Mutt. And that's from the show. So the show is officially canon. Totally rode with him. Totally was kidnapped by him. Yeah, totally. It's true. It's officially, officially canon. But I loved it. I still love it. I'm still watching it. Um, yeah, I wish I could have finished it all, but I had some things come up. And yeah, I gotta say, guys, every time I watch Indiana Jones, I will watch this show. And the next time I watch it, I will watch it chronologically. Because I found a great video also that goes through the arc of Indy for just the three movies. And it fits the arc of the show perfectly. Um, yeah. Loved it. Highly, highly recommend. Okay. That's about it. Dead air. Um, brown faces canon. How could they do that? Didn't they think that through? No, they did not. If we do this, it means this is canon. Which means they never knew. They never knew. They never knew what? They never knew about Brownface. They knew about Pancho Villa. They knew about Pancho Villa. They did not know about Brownface. Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull, indeed. So how do you feel about it, Chris? I am... I'm not impressed. Okay, no, 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 no. Hold on. I am in a cesspool of insanity right now, so... Because of the God's Not Dead stuff? Yes. And how quarantine. Have, and quarantine. And how quarantine. How many times have you watched God's Not Dead? Once. That's all I needed. Um, so... This... Compared to everything that's come before, even Temple of Doom... Didn't make par. Mm-hmm. To use a golf term, and I know nothing of golf. Um, so I wrote it down. I'm going to try something new. I wrote, I wrote everything down 15 minutes before we got on. Okay. Trust, trust me, Zach. This will not take up all of our time. Or all of your oh, time. Okay. All of oh, your time. Um, I Irrelevant. So let me start. <laughs> Something about this did not feel like an Indiana Jones movie. Different is okay, of course, but I don't know if it was a combination of the little things that bothered me, which they always do, and the lack of any conflict between characters that forced them to evolve over time or at least entertain me. This movie fails both in my eyes. How? What did you think they were going to... How do you... Okay. Let me keep going. All right. I knew this was going to be a fight. The physics. Well, I'm wondering why you don't? Why you're fine with that not being the case in Raiders, but that being that being the case here? Let me keep going. The physics are also off. Yes, we live in a world where the Ark of the Covenant melts faces. Indian death cults pull beating hearts out of chests and possess people, and the Holy Grail grants eternal life so long as you remain in George Lucas's storage closet. Um. <laughs> 
but I don't think I'm nitpicking when I say that, when I say hiding in a fridge from a nuke and swinging with monkeys and man-eating ants feels weird, even for this world. I would disagree about the man-eating ants, and I would, I disagree about physics when it comes to the monkeys, because who cares about that? No, 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 physics has a double meaning, physics has a double meaning. I'm, I'm insane. I have turned as insane as ready to rumble. That is the state of my mind right now. Let me keep going. Indy is older here, more professor than grave robber. So I understand and even accept that this is a different Indy and Marion than we've gotten than we've gotten previously. But no one is different when all is said and done. The only character shifts we see is Marion's opinion of Indy, but that's resolved in the truck. And Oxley's going from crazy to normal. The movie, also, this movie also moves slower than usual with less suspense, and it's the same length than the ones before. Just like Temple of Doom, Crystal Skull starts fast, slows down for a long while, picks back up again, but the difference is that Temple of Doom keeps going and Crystal Skull slows down slows down again before the before the finale. And also I wrote down the quote, Oh, for the love of God, shut the hell up! Um, that was a funny line. Um, the mm. positives, as usual, to me, are John Williams and Steven Spielberg. Visually, it looks pretty darn good. Indy standing in the shadow of a mushroom cloud showing us how far removed we are from the last we saw him is gorgeous. John Williams is good. He is very, very good at blending old iconic themes with strong new ones. He proved that in Force Awakens uh, seven years later. Um, also, another thing, Kate Blanchett is great. That's all I wrote. I am a madman. Okay, well... Um... I have officially lost it. Now, what I mean by physics is that it just looks freaking weird compared to everything else that we've seen before with the monkeys. It just looks very freaking cartoonish. And it, it like, I don't even hate it that much. It's so animated. It just doesn't look right compared to everything else we've seen. And even it taken in complete isolation. It just is off. And overall, the movie's just fine. It's just fine. On its own, even, it's fine. Just, it's fine. It's okay, whatever. Fine. I did not hate this movie. I did not hate it. I just thought, whatever. Whatever. Like, no. Ah! Uh, sorry, I, I thought you were done. I did not hate it. I did not hate it. Okay. I think that's good. I don't think it's hateable. Anyway, continue without me. Well, I was going to say, what about you, Zach? So, I, Alex, have been talking about this ever since, I think, Raiders. About how I don't think it'll end up being as bad as I remember it. And uh, you were right. I don't think it is as bad as I remember it. It, um, it has some blaring issues. There's, there's definitely some bad writing here. Um, but I think when you just take it at face value and you just accept that it's not going to be written perfectly and it's not going to be this fantastic movie that everyone expects it to be, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, um, you don't, you, it doesn't take itself too seriously and the the storyline's a little ridiculous and all that, but at the end of the day, it's just 
It's just good old fashioned action adventure. Yeah. It's nothing else interesting. It doesn't really have, like, visually, it, it looks great, but, you know, what Spielberg movie doesn't? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, you numb it down to the bare bones of what it is, it's just a fun, good looking action movie action-adventure movie, and I don't think it needs to be much more than that. I think if you're going for good storyline, or you're going for epic sweeping, whatever, you know, go watch Lord of the Rings, go watch Star Wars, go watch whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, But I think if you're just looking for a movie to enjoy on an afternoon, you don't have much going on, you don't really care what you're watching, you just watch it. It's fun. It's fun. It's it's not good. It's fun. It's it's not horrible and it's not great. And I think that's fine. It sucks that this is what is coming immediately after Last Crusade, considering Last Crusade's so fucking good. <laughs> but you know, you just gotta accept that you know this movie came out in two thousand and eight, in an mm during a time when it was important to be when action adventure was an all-time high i mean iron man had just come out pirates of the caribbean had just finished it's you know it's it's quote-unquote trilogy that we thought it was going to be mm-hmm. you know we what else was coming out around this time seabiscuit had was what a few couple years old uh lord of the rings was about four years old by this point return of the king had been out avatar mm-hmm. is at the beginning stages, you know, um, what else kind of came out around this time period? Um, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Uh, Harry Potter was in its climax. Was was roll was was pushing towards. I think this was the year of Order of the Phoenix. Maybe it was Goblet of Fire. I, I don't remember. Um. So one of the most famous things that happened when this movie came out was South Park made an half, episode. Half half blood prince. Sorry, my bad. Uh, uh, South Park made an episode about all the kids going to see it, and then um, basically the entire metaphor is an episode of how George Lucas and Steven Spielberg raped Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's uh, pretty aggressive. Uh, yeah. not those guys are very aggressive about everything, though. You can't take everything they do for no but it's just it's the most visceral visual reaction that people have in terms of of the most hatred for this movie like people really hate it and i was listening to a few things and watching a few things there's a podcast i listen to about movies uh, about guys doing bad movies and they usually have really good opinions because they've seen everything out there that's terrible um and i was listening to them talk about this and it was just like it was it, it, the points they were making seemed a little off. They were like j- the whole the the series is mostly about Jo Christian Jdu J Judeo Christian, Christian. Judeo. Thank you, thank you, Judeo Christian um, history. That's usually the the um, route that they go with it. And to add interdimensional aliens kind of screws that. In my opinion, I don't care. He's an archaeologist. Judeo Christian. Oh. This is like more like Central American history that a lot of this takes place during too. 
Yeah, and that's a lot of it has to do with uh, minds thinking that the gods were in the sky, and th- there is a lot out there about like ancient aliens and stuff that when you want to make a fake movie about a fake archaeologist going on adventures, why the hell not? So in my opinion, I don't think any of that is necessarily bad. No, I mean even even like immediately after this movie, you know, the Mummy trilogy was th- was talking about a fourth movie that was going to be Mesoamerican. So, I so like so aliens don't bother me. Yeah, the alien part doesn't bother me as much. I've kind of just accepted that like they call them whatever the hell they want to call them, but they're aliens at the end of the day. And if you just think about it from the perspective that it's just an ancient alien theory movie, and it's kind of fun in that sense, you just immediately it just becomes a lot more fun. The movie becomes less serious because you know at the end of the day. You're gonna see the saucer. You're gonna see the the, the gray alien man. You know, like, there's it. You stop worrying about the, the big things. And you start worrying. You start stop worrying about the little things. You start worrying about like, does the movie have a sound plot? And like, the the plot is straightforward, which is nice. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, Doctor Jones is having an issue. He, you know, he's feeling out of it. This kid comes to him asking for help. He goes to help the kid. He comes across a mystery. And at and it ends with, you know, this this mind thing. I think, you know what the thing kind of bugged me the most? I, now that I'm thinking about it, the villain being this person who, like, wanted to control minds. I think that's what bugged me. It was, it was Cold War era, like fears mixed with the fantasy of the aliens mixed with the the historical Mesoamerican stuff. I think that's what bugged me more than anything is that like the cold war era, you know, red fear type thing has its storyline, but I think those are better as spy movies than they are as Indiana Jones action adventure. Um, I didn't really care. Um, I, I, okay, a few things. I, I, I think that Ray Winstone is the worst thing about this movie, both as a performance and a character. We don't know anything about him. He's been on all these adventures. I'm sorry. Oh, Ray Winstone was uh, the Mac. the yeah, it was Mac. Okay, sorry. I'm so just, I. Like, I I just think his performance as well as the character is really bad. He, he's apparently been yeah. on all adventures with Indy, um, and so Indy trusts him, and then he backstabs him twice. And yeah. we really don't feel that simply because we haven't been on those adventures. Also, I think just him screaming Josie is really annoying. Um, and I, I just think he reminds me of Benny from The Mummy too much. Just He's, he's just yeah. he, he's so... It's he's such an important aspect to the movie. Like halfway through the movie, they I wouldn't say halfway, but like when there's a half an hour left of this movie, they ditch the bad guys. And the only reason they find him is because Mac has been leaving these beacons. And so they go on all these like mysterious adventures and stuff. And the only reason the bad guys find him is because of Mac. And it's such your plot is so adherent on this character backstabbing um, Henry or, or Indy. But that's only because Indy's known him so long and trusted him. Even to the point that when Mac's about to die, he's like, Max, or he's like, Mac, come on with me. Like, I just think he's a terrible character. I think the 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 dean of the school and the guy who is um, John Hurt, the man that they're looking for, 
um, yes. should have been one character. Yes. I think that would have made things a lot better. I would have loved it if Mutt was going to the school or was going to go to that school or knew that professor in that area, despite uh, Indy uh, teaching there, because he's rarely ever there. He's a part-time teacher. Um, it just would have made things easier if you just kind of cut down all the side characters and yeah. narrowed this down a little bit further. I um, think important characters to the role, as weird as it is, I don't even necessarily think we need Karen Allen in this, as weird as it is. Like, do I appreciate seeing her? Absolutely. I think at the end of the day, you need that reconciliation. That's fun. That's a lot of things. I think it could have been a really fun thing if, like, she wasn't in it, but, like, Mutt was still her kid. And at the end of the thing, you, you have this conversation or whatever. I think if you just narrowed it down to the, the main characters, the main good guys are Shia LaBeouf's character, Harrison, Indiana Jones, and uh, John Hurt's character. And you cut I, out the other characters. And then, and then you obviously have Kate Blanchett for the bad guys. Well, for me, I think I like... I, I like the beginning, and I like when he goes to school and mutts there, and I like the motorcycle chase. I, I like when they go to the tomb. Um, I like all of that stuff, actually. I think it's really yeah. great. I think the movie slows down when they get caught, and Jones is sitting there, and he's talking with Mac, and then he looks at the skull, and the guy they're looking for is there, and Marion's there. Like, then they go through the whole sandpit thing, which I think is fun. But and it's a little like character development, sure. But they're having to say it in such an extreme cause that it's like, why can't we just, you know, sit down and have a moment here um, that we didn't talk about either exposition, but the character beats we have going? Because then right after that are the set pieces with the car and the ants, which I think are great. I think the car chase is better than a lot of the stuff in Crusades. Um, but the biggest, the biggest 110% worst thing about this movie is this reliance on CGI. It just doesn't yeah. look good. And it looks completely different than the other movies. And um, another thing that looks different about these movies is the original cinematographer of the first three died. So Steven Spielberg had the guy who's been working with him since uh, Schindler's List. He sat him down and he made sure that he studied everything about the old films, about how they were made, about what the guy did, so he could mirror it as much as he could. They tried to do as much practical as they could, but ultimately the studio kept pushing um, CGI on them. And also, Steven Spielberg did not like the alien idea, but he gave it to Lucas because Lucas really wanted it. And his, his job is to make Lucas's stuff look good. He says that. Then, during the junket for this movie, when it was not doing well and critics were hating it hard, Shia LaBeouf came out and was like, I, I understand why people don't like me in this. I screwed up. You know, it's not the director. It's not the writer. If you, it's my job to make this stuff look good. And if, if you can't make swinging with monkeys in the trees look good, then I did a bad job. Steven Spielberg never talked to Shia LaBeouf again. It ruined his relationship with him. They never worked together again. And my guess is he, he also got fired from the franchise. So he's not coming back in the fifth one, period. Yeah. Maybe they'll fix their relationship, but I doubt it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stigma behind this, but there was a lot of passion when they made it. They were all excited to make it. They all wanted to, but honestly, I just think the CGI ruins the look of it. And then, uh, yeah, I do think once they are done with the whole, um, chase scene and they start going down waterfalls, the movie slows down and it starts repeating itself a bit. Like we've got Aborigines now and the stone, the skull is helping the Aborigines go away. Like we don't need that stuff. Um, and also the only reason the villains are behind him is because there's a guy dropping beacons. So it all seems pretty 
lazy all the way up to the point where like she shows up with them, which doesn't make any sense. There's no way she should be right behind them. Um, and then they just pull the same thing they do in Crusades and Raiders. Like they get there and she wants to know something and then all of the bad guys are killed and they leave at the last second. And there you go. It, it, it all seems pretty lazy. Yes. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It is certainly the weakest Indiana Jones movie of the bunch. But I also don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. And it's pretty, it's good, but it's like, it's not a very good Indiana Jones movie because it doesn't look like it. Its plot gets kind of lazy, but I do love everyone in it. I think Shia's good. I think Marion's, or Karen Allen's good. I think John Hurt's good. And I think Harrison's good. Ray Winstone is committed to what he's doing, but I just hate his character. Um... So, yeah, at the end of the day, the problem with this, I think, is how it looks more than anything else. I think the rest could have been saved. Um, But at the end of the day, yeah, it's the weakest of the batch for sure. Yeah. That's me in the background. uh, (laughs) There's not not really much. I got to take care of this. I'm sorry, guys. There's, There's not really much to say about it at the end of the day because there are many things that I could talk about that I loved like probably my favorite thing in the my favorite moment in the movie is when she says um tell me everything to the skulls and they are start to like they cut to the skulls eyes like Karen Allen's like look at the eyes and all the eyes are smoking they do this like weird montage of cuts I loved it I thought it was really cool just the editing and the rhythm of it was really awesome but that's that's pretty much it um I, I do think that the, I do like when he drives through the um, boxes at the beginning and he just, those men go flying with all the wood everywhere. That was pretty cool. That reminded me of the motorcycle moment in Crusades. Um, and I like when he gets pulled through both the car windows on the motorcycle. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's not, it's, it's like Doom in the sense that it's fun, not terrible. But unlike Doom, it doesn't have um, that youth that Steven Spielberg had back then of, of like the set pieces work at the end when everything is under control because he had that kind of energy as a filmmaker and he still wanted to make action movies. Um, whereas in this, like action movies are entirely different and there's not very many character moments because it's either an inherent on plot or it's inherent on set pieces. And that is bad considering by the third movie, all of that stuff was characterization. So I, I don't really know what to say this movie is other than just fun. I mean, I don't, and I, yeah, I don't think it helps that the mystery sucks. It's just not an interesting mystery. It's fun to see him go to places and go through like traps and stuff, but like, it's not really that great of a mystery. Um, so Chris, where would you rank it in the franchise? How would you rank last. the franchise? Well, yeah, okay, how would you rank the franchise then? Crusades, Raiders, Doom, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, all right, I would say Crusades, Raiders, Doom, this um, as best, and then Raiders above Crusades is favorite. And uh, Zach's going off to do his thing. Um, yeah, I would say that this was one of my. Well, he just favorite- gave. He just gave me a. He just gave me a chill pill. He'll be back to the mic in a second. I think this has been my favorite of all the series that we've done. 
I honestly don't know. They all mend together in my head right now. Um, well, what are we talking about? We're talking about Transformers, Narnia. No, not Nar- definitely not Narnia. Oh, man. Jurassic. I'm thinking Jurassic just because. No, I would say this. This is probably my favorite. This has certainly been my favorite in terms of finding extra material about it with the TV show for sure. Maybe even the first one. I don't know. The Star Wars one. Oh, of course. You, of course, you can't can Star Wars. That is absolutely your baby. Yeah. <clears throat> um, honestly, I didn't think that Jungle Chase was any better than anything in Crusades. In fact, I thought it was lesser. And why is that? Um, look, I didn't really feel the stakes of it. Um, like, just didn't feel as interesting or as investing as anything in Crusades, honestly. Why do you feel that's the way with Crusades? Because don't, you mean, don't you mean Crystal Skull? No, I mean Crusades. Why do you think that's the way it is in Crusades? I don't know, because there's more character behind those... There's more character behind those stuff. Like, um, Sean Connery killing it as um, senior. Um, like, it just, it just felt more... Like, they... They put over the fact that this is a race in Crusades, that this is a race against evil. Mm-hmm. Like, they firmly established that and planted it in our minds. Therefore, okay, I'm in. Whereas in Crystal Skull, it's they want to mind control everybody, but at the same time, they want to return... Oh, that wouldn't have worked anyway. Because once they returned the skull, the aliens went back into the space between spaces, also known as space. Um, And, like, I guess they did a better job selling the idea that this is a, like genuine race against evil than this movie did and um is that because you automatically can feel that the nazis are bad people but you don't know much about the russians in the 50s absolutely not that has nothing to do with it just wondering because when people say nazis we get it right away but when we say ruskies and because it isn't just that she wants to mind control lenin sent her to go get that power she was her she was the right hand man of Mm -hmm. uh, lenin so he wanted that power the same way that hitler did yep so I, I did not heard. sense a significant difference. Uh, okay. It's bad It's bad guys wanting a bad thing to rule the world. Exactly. Yeah, why does it work more with the other movies but not here? Wait a minute. Ugh, I don't freaking know. Okay. That's all I want to know. Ah! Ah! Zach, are you back yet? But that's going to stop my inquisition. Still <sighs> recording. Um, back ends. Back ends yet. I never thought of this, so the thought never crossed my mind. So, no, I didn't. That's all I'm saying. Like, for some never reason. Never crossed I- my mind. Like, I don't feel that the Ruskies or her are portrayed any differently than the Nazis are at Raiders. You just have to know who they are as villains. But most people don't know the crazy shit that the Russians did in the 50s. Most people know right off the top of their bat what the Nazis did. 
So yeah. it's like when people are like, they're not that scary of a villain. It's like, well, I mean, were, do you really understand what the Cold War was? Not really. Okay. All right. Because, like, the arc is the same way. Like, Belloc, she is no different than the other ones. Belloc wants it for his own purposes, and he's using the Nazis for help. He's going to give it to them afterwards, but he wants the power of the arc himself. And the same way goes for the Grail guy. He's like, I want the arc to, or I want the Grail, and then I'll give it to them afterwards. I'm going to live longer than them anyway. And she wants it for the same reason. She studies this stuff, and she's just doing it on her own pleasure. But I'm pretty sure she wants the power. And then maybe she'll give it to Lenin. She didn't know the Crystal Skull was going to leave and all the power. Like, she didn't even know where the power came from. That's why she asked him, tell me everything you know, not just tell me how to read minds. Which, it turns out, if that's what she said, she would have been fine because it wouldn't have been a basic overload. And I think the only reason that the dimensional demons killed her is because she was a bad person. I think they read her mind and was like, your intentions are bad and we're going to kill you. And I feel like that's what they did it, but... She's no different than Belloc. She's using the Ruskies to get what she wants, and then maybe she'll give it to them for pure evil. So that's like how, that's how Raiders would have gone. Belloc is technically the bad guy of Raiders. I liked Crusades better, and I am not currently sane enough to tell you why. How's that? No, I agree that Crusades is better. It's obvious why some of those moments are better. It's just the set pieces, I think, are the weakest, and I think the car chase is better than some of them. But, like, when it comes to this movie, you, you, I, I hear you apply things that when you apply them to the other movies, doesn't make sense on their own stance. Whereas, like, yes, I agree that there is an arc with Indiana in, say, Doom, but not really with the other ones. With the other ones, it's like, I'm going to go on an adventure with my father. I guess the arc would be Indy and his father be, have a better relationship. But in okay. Raiders, I, maybe the arc in Raiders is that him and Marion have, have fixed things and now become a better relationship. Like, those, those things are there. In this, you know what? Again, like, what? There is no arc in Raiders. Okay, fine. There is no arc. There's there nothing. Arc. There's there is no, an arc. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. I get your joke. Okay, so. No, I, his mo like, he has a story arc with Marion. He screwed yeah. over Marion. They did have a bad relationship. Now they've come together, and now they're together at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, it's what her father was searching for all their lives. And then they had a falling out. They were brought together because of the Nazis. It's the same thing here. Him and Marion had a falling out that we never see. And the only reason they're brought together is because she decides at the last moment when things are getting really bad to get Indy involved in the mission. And then that brings them all together again. So, like, there is an arc here. The guy meets his son, and he marries the love of his life. So there is an arc. It's just that the adventure is not that interesting. And they don't spend enough moments with them as mother and son for these moments of them coming together to be earned outside of the fact that, like, everyone loves to be on an adventure with Indiana Jones. Being on an adventure with Indiana Jones is what makes it fun. Outside of that, like, there's no real growth between them. She just sees them, and then they have a talking about what they did while they weren't seeing each other. And then he's like, they weren't all you. And then she swooned again. So yeah, I don't feel like those moments are earned, but it does have an arc, I think. And again, I think the other movies do it better. But to say there's not an arc in this, I don't, I don't agree, but I do see why you wouldn't think so, considering how little characterization they actually do. I never thought of... I got nothing. 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 I got nothing, man.
I'm just saying I don't think those things are absent from the film, but that they are not done as well as the other films. And there's a lot of reasons to it. The script is more plot and action based. And um, yeah, I just don't think that that's a good thing. They just drop characterization for um, action set piece and plot explanation for a mystery we don't really care about. Because if you can't get into the aliens thing right off the bat, then you're screwed. You're never going to get into this movie. And when you do, um, the point is to care about the relationship between Indy and Mutt. And the only reason you don't care about as much in the beginning is you don't know that they're father and son. You don't even know Marion's involved until halfway through the movie. And then you realize they're a family. And then they have to come together as a family during the car chase. Again, an action set piece. So to me, that's, that's probably the biggest problem here. The other films would use action for characterization. This doesn't use action for characterization. It's just action for action's sake. So that's pretty much how I see it. It's so bare bones um, that it just doesn't work. But I think the other thing is they intended on making more of these. So I, I just feel like they had bigger ideas for other things maybe, but it's hard to say. Um, it's obvious that they had fun making this and they wanted to make more. But the problem, it, the problems boil down to the look, the look, the lack of characters and the lack of interest within the mystery. I think those are the three things that make that bog this movie down. As for the nuke the fridge, um, yeah, it's super dumb. He should be dead. Wow, I left the room. Probably the most interesting thing about the production of this to me is that Frank Darapont wrote a script for this. He wrote uh, a script that um, Steven Spielberg and him both loved. And Frank Darapont had written several episodes of the show, so he knew the character and had worked with Lucas before. But Lucas turned down his script, and then they gave it to three other writers. And along the way of all three writers, from day one, the person who was making up ideas on this outside of Frank Darapont, they put the fridge thing in there. So the fridge thing was there all through the transition of writers. And then they eventually found somebody they settled on, someone Harrison Ford liked, and that's who made the movie with Spielberg. But like they, they had to do the aliens. Lucas said he wanted aliens. And he said he wanted the movie to be more like a B-movie from the 50s because that was the era. And I do think those moments are there. But the, the CGI and the fridge don't help. But that, yeah, I agree. Him standing in front of the warhead was probably the thing that caused it in the first place. But he didn't have to be in the town and in a fridge. He could have been, like, next to the nuke. He could have been in that, like, I think what they should have done is him put him in the rocket when the nuke was going off. And then he would have gone in the rocket chair away from the explosion. And then he would have gotten out of the rocket chair and seen the warhead. And I, they instead went with something else. Um, but I think that rocket chair would have been a great idea to get him out of the nuclear explosion. Are you still there? Dude. Okay. Okay. So I'm by myself. All right. I left the room. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean. To I go I'm, and breathe because I'm having an anxiety attack right now. Why? Because of the movie? No, just in general. Like, I don't, I don't Sorry, know what. He's back. I don't know what to say. Um, all I know is what I know. I didn't make anything of, like, I don't know what the difference is between the Nazis and the Ruskies. I don't know. All I know is that I liked Crusades much 
more than Crystal Skull. And my personal opinion is that the set pieces in Crusades are much better than Crystal Skull. That's just me on a ground level. That's just my gut opinion and feeling. Okay, I just well, I... liked Crusade more. Okay. And I can't, okay. and it has nothing to do with Nazis. It has nothing to do with Ruskies. I just enjoyed the movie as an adventure movie more than Crystal freaking Skull. Now I, uh, a, I don't disagree with you. And B, there is an inherent difference between you and I, which is when we bump into that question, I look and see why that is. I check and I watch the movie and I think about it. I'm like, why don't I like this movie? What happened on set? Who made this? What's going on? What is wrong here? What is the difference between this and this? That's the difference between you and I. You don't do that and to sit here and like... I, all I'm saying is don't get upset when I ask you why you think what you think when we're on a film podcast. That's all I'm saying. Also, I'm not upset at you. I'm upset at me. Fair enough. But, like, these are the questions that is the point. You, we all can say what we love about the older movies, of course. But when, you, when you're sitting with something that is mediocre, it's not bad, but it's not great. It's certainly not to the caliber of the other films. Why is that the case? Why is that? Is it because of you or is it because of the movie? That's why talking about the Star Wars, especially the last one and Last Jedi, are so important to me. Because there is a difference between what you like and what is actually bad in the process of making this film. Is the script bad? Is the editing bad? The light, is the lighting bad? Is the acting bad? Or is it just that it's not what you wanted? And in a lot of cases when I hear about this movie, it's just what people wanted. When, in fact, there are actually legitimate problems with this movie that, that sour a lot of good things about it. But I'm just wondering when it comes to you, why you came to these points. And for you to say you liked Crusades better than this, yeah, I understand that. And that you don't d understand the difference between the Ruskies and the Nazis, it's because there isn't one. But to say they're, they're just things that I disagree with about, like, not being there. Those things are there. But, like... I'm wondering what you see the difference is. To say that like her only thing is that she's going out and looking to read people's minds, it wasn't just her. She had a higher up, she had a whole army with her, the Ruskies were bad. And I'm wondering why you didn't see that, you just saw what she wanted, which is interesting to me. Um, maybe the film doesn't paint the Ruskies bad enough, despite the fact that McCarthyism is running rampant and is the reason that Indy loses his job in the first place. So I, I don't know if they paint the Ruskies bad enough or if they do. It's kind of, I'm on the fence about it. But like, I'm just wondering why you don't. And if you don't have the answer, that's cool. If you just watched this movie and was like, meh, I get it. But like, when you don't like something, you usually don't try to think about why you don't like it. When you do love something, you usually do. So I'm wondering why that's the case here. If that's not how you do things, that's cool. But like... One of the that that's what I was just going for, just thinking about why something didn't work for you as opposed to why it worked somewhere else, especially if it's technically kind of the same thing. Usually it's the repetition of it. It's the fact that we're seeing it again, that we just don't care that much. The fact that we don't call them Nazis, but they act like Nazis means if they're not Nazis, then I mean, they're not that bad because Nazis were terrible. So I see, I get somewhat what you're thinking, but like, that's all. I was just wondering if we could get a little analytical about the movie we watched on your movie podcast is all. 
Give me a moment while I breathe. Hold on. <laughs> well, I think I think we've broken down this film. Okay, this is how Darth Vader feels when he's in the suit, except he sounds differently. And he's covered in burns. Yeah. I think the reason why it didn't work for me has nothing to do with my, with me wanting something else. I just, the way it was executed from the CGI level, it didn't feel real, didn't feel as, to me, even though there's no significant difference between the two, to me, just something just felt off. I can't tell you what it is because I don't really know myself yet. And yes, I did watch this movie more than once. Thank you very much. And like, I just cannot tell you why this movie felt off in, in specific. Like it could be the fact that the over the over reliance on CGI is compared to the other movies. It could be that everything just felt too easy and lazy and all the other stuff. It could be a combination of all those things, but it just, it was just meh, and in specific, I can't tell you why I personally felt that way. I guess, Chris, here's my question for you. Was there a point in the movie where you're watching this, and you're just like, you're not, and you just think about it, and you're like, this bugs me a lot, and it's going to continue to bug me until I get an answer. Hold on, my dad's watching Rise of Skywalker in the other room. Uh -oh. Dad, turn it down, please. Anyway. Speaking of mediocre movies. Um, so what would you rate it? What would you rate the movie? Oh, don't ask me that now. Oh, we got a great, we grade movies. I know, I know, I know. I'm bouncing between C and D+. Somewhere there's got to be a middle ground, and it's not C minus. No. I was gonna say there is an actual middle ground there. But, uh, there's, so... stuff, there's stuff that I like, but is it is it C worthy? You guys think it's C worthy? You know what? I'm I'm willing to be the outlier. D plus. I just it's math. It's math. How? It's brutal. Fucking brutal. Of course it's brutal. Who do you think I am? Exactly. Great question. <laughs> so, you know, when we started this, I was like 90% sure I was going to give this a failing grade. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I think um, maybe a C or a C plus. I don't... I don't. I don't think much better than that it deserves. Truthfully, D plus is a passing grade, by the way. I understand what a C plus is. I said D plus. Oh, sure. <laughs> I would say probably a C or a C plus. Um. Mm, uh. Uh, I want to say C plus, but I also want to say B minus. I'm going to say B minus. All right. Agree to disagree the, then. I'm not in the mood to be 
that I do think there are problems. There, there are weak problems with it, but I just think it gets. I, I think at a certain point it does nail the tone a little bit for a little bit, and that's what hits a B minus for me. I think when they're in the car chase, that's what it hits a B minus for me. I feel like okay, now I'm watching an Indiana Jones movie, and yeah, there's monkeys and yeah, there's sword fighting, but I don't care. Like it's a set piece that escalates properly. C minus, C minus. You reminded me of the car chase. I. I even the ants and the ants eating the guy has stuck with me. Like, I do think the fist fight in the middle of the ants is pretty boring, but like I, when it all culminates to them going down three waterfalls and Marion's just like holding a wheel laughing, I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I like this stuff. I'm for it. And then Mac just starts betraying him. And I'm like, ah, oh, forget this. Who cares? Cause that, there is no conflict after that. Literally once they get there and Mac starts like giving them the beacon, it's just for like four people to find them after they've murdered a bunch of natives. And then she dies. That's it. Like, they're, once they reach the bottom of the waterfalls, the movie's technically over. And if you don't care about the characters, then you're not going to care anymore. But I do. I care about Marion. I care about Indy. And honestly, I don't think Mutt's that bad. And I cared about Mutt. So I, I, I don't think any of that is bad. Um, Mac's the worst part for me. And I think he takes that down a peg. But I'm still going to sit at B minus. I think I'm going to sit at a B minus. And there you have it. That's the Indiana yeah, that's, Jones. Yep, that's it. <laughs> it sounds like someone just ran over Chris's dog, but that's it. I don't have a dog, but I really want one. Um, he ran over. Like Kevin Sorbo? Anyway. Um, wheel. Curiosity. Until Indy 5, everyone. When Marion's not there and he finds another blonde chick. Something like that. I doubt that'll happen, but okay. No, it'll be a blonde woman, I'm sure. Where's my phone? That's where my stuff is. All right. Recommendations. Um, so, I don't know if you ended up doing this, Chris. I messaged the group about this. But um, looking at the backlog that you sent me. And only you. Yeah. I'm wondering if Close Encounters should be... On the good wheel backlog. Oh boy. It's, are we going to start changing I, wheels around? No, I just, the reason I suggest it is because I haven't seen it in forever. Fair enough. I mean, there's there's an argument for that. I have not seen it in quite a long time, and Chris has never seen it. Yeah. When was the last Curious. time you saw it? It's been a while. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think it's bad. I think we know it's good, but it's also the one Spielberg most people don't talk about that they haven't seen. Curiosity seems like a good fit for it. Okay. Um, so suggestions. God, there's a lot of random, like, cool shit on this one. <laughs> um, people don't even know. You didn't even want me to say it, so people will just have to figure it out for yourselves. You know, the backlog doesn't matter. It's what's on oh. the wheel that matters. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> it's just all the backlog is is a group of things that would be interesting to, to put on the week. No, it's a reminder of the things that have been suggested so we don't forget about it later. Sure, yeah. That's so, why it's a backlog. Yeah, we don't people don't so need no one. It matters. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, um It's my show, damn it. 
You can you can like it as much as you want, Chris. It doesn't matter though. Oh, was it? Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, do you guys have suggestions? So I want to get stuff off this backlog, but at the same time, I really want to suggest a film. And I kind of want to suggest two films, to be honest, because I really want to get something off the backlog, but I also really want to suggest this movie. You've too. done this too much. You only get one. Yes, we, you only get one, but like, what, what are your suggestions? We'll help well, you figure- the, the non-backlog one was I wanted to put Tokyo Godfathers on. <laughs> okay. Um, but for for something off the off the backlog, I think, man, I don't even what exact. Chris, can you remind us what's on on the Curiosity Wheel as of right now? What's actually on it? Chris, I'm assuming he's looking. Uh, I'm running it down on the computer wheel so you can see it. Oh, Hold perfect. on. Hold on. Let me get it all on there. But uh, fill the dead air because it's um, another minute. So, so I'm, I, I, I think I want to suggest an older movie, but I think at the same time, I I don't know. I, I just want to kind of see what the distribution on random stuff is on here on the Curiosity Wheel before I make too much of a choice. That's my biggest thing. Well, what's your back back catalog one? Well, I'm thinking Gold Rush. Um, but if we have a lot of older movies on there, I, I don't really want to go that deep on that stuff yet. I also think there's a... Okay, better... I have it. Okay, do you have it up? Titan AE, Wanted, Heart and Souls, Spaceballs, Citizen Kane, Nacho Libre, The Dark Crystal, Apocalypse Now, Booksmart, Dread, Bridge on the River Kwai. Surf's up. About time. Okay, so we have no old movies on there. Good. Uh, These are all old movies. What? These are all old movies, technically. No, they're not. Whatever. So, I'm going to suggest this because I've been on this craze as of late for various reasons. Um... And I, I really want Chris to watch this movie, and I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm going to suggest the iconic 1954 movie that kicked off the Showa era of this film, Godzilla. Mm. Okay. 1954's Godzilla. Okay. Gojira. Gojira, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um I, I have been on this really, really big Godzilla kick, and I've been really wanting to watch it. And I, for the series, well, I really want to put the monster verse on it because I, I one because I think two of those movies are really entertaining. Um, and uh, two, uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. I, it's been a very long time since I've seen 1954's Godzilla. So, mm. same here. I think Chris would. I, I would hope Chris would enjoy it, enjoy it for the humor that kind of be how ridiculous this movie is. Chris, do you have a suggestion? Blaring in the City of a Thousand Planets. Mm, Okie doke. Okay. Mine is a it is a silent film. It's from 1927 and it's called Sunrise. 
Sunrise. That movie's weird, but not. It's. I don't. I think it's very good, and I think uh, Chris and you would like it. I think certainly Chris would like it. Uh, everybody's showing their age here. Um... I don't know if that's necessarily age. I'm not old enough to have seen a silent movie. Yeah. You a jerk? Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing again. That's a good sign, right? That's a good sign, right? That's a good sign, right? Um, okay, let me yeah. share screen then. Oh, that's interesting. So, how do you... Is there even a place you can go see Sunrise? Because it's a lost film. No, it's not. It's, uh, um, believe, on YouTube, actually. I mean, it's classified as a lost film. Well, you know what a lost film officially is classified it as. Was right? a, it was a lost film until the mid-century, and then they found it. Okay, everybody, that's what I watched. Well, 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 like, well, so the official classification of a lost film is a film that doesn't exist in any studio archives, private collections, public archives, or you look on look on YouTube. It's there. Not only is it there, it's on the uh, AFI's 100 Greatest Films list of all time. So oh, yes, no, people. I, I'm not denying. Uh, Sunrise, the Song of Two Humans. Yes. Yes. That's it, right there. I'm looking at I'm, it. I'm not denying that. I'm just. Buy like, or rent. 1927. It was a lost film. That's the reason it says where you're reading it. It was until it wasn't. Okay. Okay. All right, Valerian, Godzilla, 1954, and Sunrise. Mm. Zach, can you see? Sure. Can you actually see is what I'm asking. Yeah. Here we go. Spinning. Godzilla. Godzilla! All right. Cool. I like how I like how the um the intermittent. Wheel likes you more than the bad wheel does. Bad wheel hates That's me. True, yeah. No, but here's the thing. Here's more. the thing. The bad wheel is designed to hate. It it's designed to make people suffer, not it to will... appease your desires. Chris, if it truly did that, it would have brought up the Christmas special. No, because you want it. That's the point. He's That's the thing. You have to not want so it. That's the point. Yeah. You have to not want it. You want it so badly that the wheel's like, I'm going to make you wait because I'm a dick. Or he'll never, or it'll never do it. Or he'll never do it. Yeah. You have to not want it. You have to get to a point where he doesn't want it, and then the will will pick it. There will be a day, Chris, where me and Alex will kidnap you, and we'll just watch it. No, the, I'm waiting for the wheel. <laughs> I'd right. rather kidnap Chris and watch it. If I wanted to do that, I would have done it before Skywalker, but uh, that's gone. So, yeah. very much so. Um, I'm really not looking forward to ending my canon watch with that. <laughs> Your what? So, canon watch. Oh, as gosh. a reminder, on the Curiosity Wheel, Titan E, Wanted, Heart and Soul, Spaceballs, Citizen Kane, Nacho Libre, Dark Crystal, Apocalypse Now, Booksmart, Dread, Bridge on the River Quad, Surf's Up, About Time. The next curious movie we will watch. Oh, boy. <gasps> God dang it! Um, the next movie we'll be watching on the uh, Maestro Movie Podcast, everybody, is About Time. Yes. Yes. I think this is exactly what you need right now, Chris. Honest to God. It, considering that I just had a panic attack on live on the show? Yeah? Okay, that maybe. Sounds like considering your life right now? Yeah, you need a heartwarming, fun movie. Yeah. Oh, 
One of them totally dies at the end, surely. There's no way no. it's that good. No. No. Well, that's where I'm at right now, so I have no No, idea. it's a fun movie about a kid, a guy who, like, learns that he can time travel from his dad and decides to use that to get a girlfriend. And halfway through the movie, he gets her, and the rest of the movie is, is him. It's so good. Like, it's so good. Really, honest to God. It's, it's just warm and fun and nice. It's exactly what you need right now. About time. Finally getting into romance. After it's all not, these years. I mean, we did Eternal. We did Eternal. Yeah. Now we're, like, taking the next... Chris, don't think of this as a romance. In fact, it's a romance halfway through. Halfway through that film, they get married. And it becomes something else entirely. And by the end of the movie, it becomes it, it much more than just falling in love. It, it's It's great. Okay. And we're replacing it with Godzilla. Replacing it Weird. with Godzilla. Weird thing. Yes. About the nuclear age, which is kind of ironic. Consider we just watched this. Yeah. It could be the it's the sequel to Indiana Jones. Godzilla was in that explosion. Yeah, Godzilla. No, but but jokes aside, I think you'll like Godzilla. It's it's a weird crazy weird movie but this movie sounds really cool too so uh it's very it's one of my favorite movies. it's one of my favorite watchable movies of all time it's it's such a good feel-good movie for guys as well as girls it's um it's one of my favorites i remember sitting in the theater watching this and thinking there's only one problem i have with this movie and the rest is perfect. I love it. Uh, it's just schmaltz. It's cheesy. It's great. It's just feel good. I, I would be hard pressed to believe, Chris, you wouldn't like this movie. Oh, this is the guy who wrote Mamma Mia. Okay, nope, we're not doing this one. We're not. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. We're spinning it again. We're spinning it again. No, we're not doing no. this. <laughs> Chris, if you do, if you do that, I am literally not showing up <laughs> fucking episode. <laughs> And he didn't right. write. He didn't really come up with Mama Mia. Mama Mia was a physical before. No, no, no. He wrote the sequel. Chris like freaked out before I finished it. This is the guy who wrote Four Weddings and Funeral, so you know. I will literally get out of this tree. <laughs> and finally, give me my ice cream and donuts, which I thought we were doing, but we're not doing that anymore. So. <sighs> okay, about time. It's got Donald Gleason, Rachel McAdams, uh, Gary Oldman. Is that, is that Gary Oldman? Bill Nye. Nye! Bill Nye the science guy, man. Bill, 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 Bill. I, I yes, this is one of my, yeah, you're gonna look, I think you guys will like it. I, I have a feeling that Chris might love it. I actually think I'll like this movie a lot. Honest. reading up a little bit on it. it sounds interesting so i press hard pressed to think you would like this chris okay all right well <clears throat> so there you go everyone until the next series um we got about time <laughs> you sound super excited about it i know right what do you what do you think about it? What what's in your mind? What's going through your mind right now about this movie? What 
What do you think you're gonna get? Um, it's Rachel McAdams, so some kind of romance that will probably be pretty dominant over the movie. But if you, what you say is correct, then it's gonna be something else entirely. You need to get over this whole romance thing. It's Rachel McAdams pre Doctor Strange. How am I supposed to look at this? Well, first of all, she's from The Notebook, and The Notebook is one of the best romances of the last 20th century. So, also, yeah. she was in Time Traveler's Wife. Sherlock she's been, my point exactly. My point exactly. Well, here's the thing. My point, but that's not the point. Do you think Rachel McAdams is bad? Is that what no. you're saying? It's, okay, so what is your problem with romance? I'm not, I don't have a problem with romance. I'm trying to make a joke. I'm trying to laugh, damn it. Uh, I Watch this movie. It'll make you laugh. Yeah. She's also in Mean Girls, which is like the best part about it. Uh, she got an Oscar nom for Spotlight, which I don't suggest Chris watch. Nah, I'm probably going to end up watching it at some point. The movie about the, the 1990s Ireland scandal about many priests molesting children? No, I don't think you're going to watch that. <laughs> that seems like something that would be a hard sell for you, buddy. Yeah. The nice. Best Picture nominee about the, the... No, it won. It won Best Picture that year, and that is all that movie is about. How the, how the church tried to cover that shit up. And you don't want to watch that. Spotlight is something, man. I like Spotlight, but at the same time, she is very good in it. She is very good in this. I think she's okay in this. She's not the reason to watch this. Dom Hill Gleason is. Dom Hill Gleason is a fucking star. He's the reason I love this more than anything. His relationship with Bill Nighy in this movie is so good. They are such a good father and son pair. They are, in my opinion, as good, if not better, than Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Margot Robbie? Margot, yes, this is before she was a star. Dom Hill Gleason is a fucking star. He's got a new show on HBO right now. He is the best. He, he's, he is wonderful in this movie. He's, he's also he's, General Hux, Chris. I know, General, like, he just died in my living room, like, about a half an hour ago. He was so. in Harry Potter. Anyway, he's very good, and he's the best thing about this movie, outside of the movie just being a good time. Okay. The message at the end of this movie is perfect. It's beautiful. Okay. It's something so there you go. Little... There you go. Um, about time. We're going from Indiana Jones to about time. All right. So there you go, everyone. Till next time. Uh, say goodbye, guys. So I can hey. start. Bye, bye, Mr. Jones. Never done, Doctor Jones. Whatever you say. I'm not. I'm not Russian. I'm not a commie. I'm sorry. Wow, Chris. I know. Making it sound like I'm a commie? Are you? I don't know, am I? Next week, Red Scare.